Good morning. Welcome, church. Glad to see you this morning. If you would stand with us, if you're able, we're going to worship the Lord, as I already said in the video, in song, hopefully in one voice. I'm just going to pray, if you would. You can close your eyes, you can put your hands out, whatever makes you feel comfortable, as we just invite the presence of the Holy Spirit to join us this morning. God, we know that you are everywhere and you are here, but we just want to invite you because it helps us to remember that you're here. Just ask that you would raise our awareness so that we can sense your presence, that as we sing, God, that we think about the words that we're saying, that they wouldn't just be a sound that we make, but they would penetrate our hearts. As we worship together, as we pray, as we listen to the word together, God, even as we take down Christmas decorations, Lord, let us be aware of your presence here among us. That everything that we do and we say would be glorifying to you. God, I just ask that you would take our measly gifts that we have, God, and that you would just make much of them for your glory. And Lord, we just thank you for your goodness, for your grace, and for your presence. Amen. Let's worship him.
call to worship this morning from Isaiah chapter 55, verse 6 through 7. It says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their way and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them return to the Lord that he may have mercy on them and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Amen. I just want to take a moment as we get ready to sing this song. This is a really familiar song, but it's important to me that every time we sing, that we think about what we're saying, that we're consciously aware of what we're singing to the Lord, that we can show up authentically, that we're not just going through the motions. Uh, we're going to sing this song, Come Thou Fount. We sing it all the time. It's one of my favorite old hymns. And I, I think I've shared this before, but I just felt compelled to share it again, that there's something that we say in verse 3. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. And if you're like me, maybe you are. I used to struggle with those words. I didn't really know what they meant. I was like, I don't really feel like I'm prone to leave the God I love. I've never done that. But for me, it was helpful to just share that actually in community, in my small group. I just was like, what is this talking about? And how do I relate to this? How do I sing this authentically? And some of my friends shared their perspectives. It really helped me. And now it's like my favorite part of the song. So I feel like I just want to share with you in case that's you. Or maybe you do feel like you're prone to leave the God you love and he is faithful and there's no shame in that. But if you're wondering, oh, how does this relate to me? I feel like it's important for us to think about the wording is actually really significant because wandering is not the same as running off. If a kid ran away from home, we wouldn't say, oh, he wandered off. Like, no, he ran away. He did that on purpose. Wandering is kind of like, oh, look at this. And I don't know if you've ever seen sheep, but they're like really easily distracted. <laughs> and that's kind of it's just an interesting thing that God consistently uses that metaphor to talk about us because we're easily distracted. We're also very forgetful. And I was just listening to a sermon yesterday where the, the pastor was sharing a story from his own life and something happened and there was a money problem. And he said, I wish that I could tell you that my response was faith, that God had been faithful and that he was gonna provide, but it wasn't. I was afraid, I was discouraged, I was upset. And I related so much to those words that there's so many times that I think when God does come through, I feel a little bit ashamed because I didn't have faith and I was upset and I was angry. And so Sometimes we forget that God is good, that he's faithful, that he takes care of us. When we get into something hard, sometimes we just forget. We are prone to wander, We're just kind of wandering off. But he is faithful to bring us back. That's why we sing, here's my heart, Lord, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. Seal it so that we can become kingdom people. He's the one who does the work. It's not a... a of shame that we are easily distracted he knows that he's gracious but he's faithful to seal our hearts to bring us in and to continue to sanctify us to make us more like him to make us have stronger faith to give us that perspective but we just have to keep coming to him saying to him confessing honestly God I struggle with this please seal my heart 
I think it's significant to connect this back to something from verse 1, where we sing about the melodious sonnet sung by flaming tongues above, clearly a callback to the day of Pentecost. It is the Holy Spirit that is our seal. So when we sing those words, as we sing all of these words, let the Lord speak to you. Let him draw you in, that he reminds you that Jesus sought me when I was a stranger. And any time that you're wandering, he's the one who seeks you out. He's the one that rescues you from danger. That he's the one who's faithful and that we can confess, Lord, I am prone to wander. And let's just be honest and let's just be humble and say to God, you know what, sometimes I do forget. Sometimes I do get angry. Sometimes I do get frustrated. But I want to have stronger faith. Take my heart and seal it. Seal it for your kingdom, God. Let's sing this together. Mount of light, redeeming love. 
you to just linger in this place of worship, just prayer in your heart. Kevin's going to play a special song for us. As the music plays, just let your heart wander in the presence of God. Just You can pray, you can meditate, you can just soak. Thank you, Kevin. Wow. 
just want to say, Nikki, thank you for ministering to me this morning. Um, thank you for being willing to be led by the Spirit and for faithfully leading us to acknowledge where the Spirit is at work in our midst. That is a gift, and I'm so grateful for it, and it blessed me, so thank you. And we don't do this um, hardly ever, but I just wonder, um, sometimes I think it's really easy to, you know, just kind of go through the motions. We talk about that a lot, um, and I just don't want to miss what God is trying to teach us or show us. And I just wonder if anyone might be willing to just testify to being um, prompted by the Spirit this morning and just, did you hear what you needed to hear? Was, was he speaking to you? I just wonder if anyone would be willing or vulnerable, even if it's just to raise your hand and say the Holy Spirit was challenging me, was speaking to me. Anybody? Amen. Does anybody, I, I just, yep. That's right. That's right. It's all, all glory to God. It's all him. I just think it's important that when we invite the spirit to be present as we did in that, with that song and as Nikki so beautifully led us, it's important to be aware and to acknowledge, like, here is where the Spirit is moving. Here is what the Spirit is saying. It's so easy to just rush right past that and say, oh, yeah, Holy Spirit, come, and then we move on to the next thing. But are we aware? Are we paying attention? And that's just what I want to invite you to do. And I just wanted to give us an opportunity to be faithful in response. So that moment's coming to a close. Anyone else wants to just respond to the what the Spirit is inviting you to respond? Even if it's just to be aware, to linger a little longer and to be aware. Friends, I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss it. I want to be paying attention. That's what I've prepared this week is a message on paying attention, and I just feel like even if she didn't use those words, Nikki was heading in that direction. Like, are we paying attention? I don't want to miss it. I don't want to just show up here and go through the motions and start a new year doing the same thing that we've always done. Like, I just want to be intentional, and I want us to be focused on what God is inviting us to do and who God is inviting us to be, and I just don't want to rush past that. So thank you for indulging me for a few moments as we just try to pay attention. Um, let's pray before we open up the word this morning. God, I thank you for giving us the eyes 
to see you. And we just thank you, God, for this reminder that has come from a number of places this morning, ultimately from you, to slow down and to be aware and to pay attention to what you are doing, to what you are saying to us, to how you are moving in our midst, in our hearts. God, this week I was reminded that Sometimes it takes me having to hear the same message from you over and over and over again. And I identified with what Nikki was saying earlier that it's really easy to wander, to forget. And that resonated with me deeply because just this week I was reminded that you continue to give me the same message. You continue to give me the same reminder again and again. And I'm so grateful, God, that you don't leave us where we are, that you continue to return to us, to where our hearts are. You meet us where we are and you bring us along. We, you invite us to move forward with where your spirit is moving. And I just thank you that you're so patient with us. I thank you that that you are so gracious and loving. And God, I pray that you would forgive us when we are quickly forgetting, when we are, are quick to complain and fret and, and wonder and worry the very moment that things don't play out the way that we'd planned or expected. God, I thank you that you are so gracious, but I also pray, God, that you would forgive us when we fail to have faith in you. God, I just pray that as we enter into this new year, that we would have one thing in mind, And that is to faithfully follow where you are leading us. Not where you are leading me as an individual person, but where you are leading us. Your people, your church, your body. I pray that as we enter into this new year that we would not become distracted by the the number of things that, that may come our way or that may come up. I pray, God, that that we would not quickly be swayed or distracted, but that we would keep our eyes fixed on you, which will help us to keep our eyes fixed on, on how you are calling us to minister to this world. I know it's going to be difficult at times. The past shows us that so many things come our way that easily distract us and capture our attentions. But may we enter into this year intentionally with our gaze fixed upon you. And God, we pray that you would have your way here, that you would have your way among us, that we would follow you and you alone. That, that, Jesus, I pray that we would seek to look more like you this year. That's what truly matters. And I pray, God, that as we open up your word, that you would open up our hearts. Holy Spirit, we continue to pray the same prayer this morning. 
You are welcome here. You are welcome here. May you not be grieved. May may we not be resistant. May we be hospitable to your Holy Spirit. And may we welcome whatever it is that you want to speak to us. From the youngest person in here to the oldest, may we see that this is a message for us. That this is not a message for one specific person or one specific age group but this is a message for all of us. We are one, we are a body, we are headed in a direction together and this is important. God, may you help us not to miss it. Speak to us, Lord. Anoint these words. God, may these words be yours. May they further the message that you want to speak today. Help me to be faithful. Help us to be faithful as we receive. And God, we give you the glory. We give you the glory and the praise for all the good that is going on in our midst. God, that is you and you are faithful and you are good. And we know that you will continue to be faithful. You will continue to be good and you will continue to raise up new life around us. Help us to see it. Help us not to miss it. Help us to pay attention. We pray this this morning in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. Starting off 2024 on a great note this morning. Uh, well, today, the, the first Sunday of, tw- of each year is usually uh, what is known as Epiphany Sunday, and so that is today. Uh, today is Epiphany Sunday. Epiphany officially happens on the 6th, so that was yesterday where we recognize, uh, it's, it's liturgically called the Feast of Epiphany, and so we are going to be looking at the Epiphany passage this morning. Now, for those of you who have no clue what I just said, and you're like, I know the word epiphany, but not really directly related to a religious or spiritual context, but Epiphany Sunday is a Sunday where we open up ourselves to the texts in scripture that commemorate the Magi's visit to baby Jesus or toddler Jesus, because as we've talked about before, by the time the Magi actually arrive on the scene, Jesus is not newborn anymore. He could have easily been two years old. I like to joke that by the time the Magi I get there, Jesus could have been in his full-blown terrible twos, throwing a massive fit in the floor while Mary's like, Jesus, the Magi are here. They came all this way to see you. Like, it's possible. And that just gives me a sense of comfort as a mom of, at one time, toddlers, right? And so, but we commemorate this moment where the Magi and it come to visit Jesus. You know, traditionally, the Magi are a part of our Christmas scenes. They are a part of our Christmas cards, and that's fine and well, but it's just important important for us to acknowledge that this happened a little bit later. It took some time. Uh, There's some time there, and I think that's an important message for us, that things don't always happen when we'd like it to happen or really quickly, but sometimes it takes time. My favorite part about acknowledging the Magi, though, is that they are the most peculiar visitors that make this trek to come see Jesus. And I say that because we've talked in depth about the Magi before, and so I don't necessarily want to go into all of it, but, but to keep it short, to put it briefly, the Magi are pagan astrologers, 
right? They are, uh, they've also been called Zoroastrian priests. They are pagan astrologers. They don't necessarily, as, we can, as far as we can tell, they don't necessarily revere God as the one true God that they worship and that they dedicate themselves to. They are peculiar visitors on the scene when Jesus is born. But friends, that's what makes it so interesting because these Zoroastrian priests, these pagan astrologers are paying attention to the skies and the stars because they are waiting for something that God is inviting them to see, to witness. And friends, that's interesting. That is really interesting to me. And so I appreciate Epiphany Sunday where we open up ourselves to to this story where we see that once again, God is revealing himself to unexpected people who come from unexpected places as a reminder that God is breaking in and through in unexpected ways. And it's important that we remember that it's often unexpected because it keeps us paying attention. It helps us to look for the new ways that God is breaking in because God is not bound to one specific way of doing things. I'm gonna say that again because the people in the church, the church, not just this church, don't take it personally, the people in the church need to hear that again, if I can remember what I just said exactly. (laughs) Can we rewind that? (laughs) I'm just kidding. God is not bound to a particular way of doing things. God is not bound to doing the same things over and over again, right? The definition of insanity, isn't it something like you're doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results every time? Like, at what point do we say, this isn't working? What do we need to be doing that's different, that's, that's actually faithful to, to where God is moving and to what God is doing? That's what this story invites us to remember, that God is not bound to a tradition or a particular way of doing things, that God is working in and through unexpected people who come from unexpected places. And so friends, we better be paying attention or we might miss it. We truly might miss it. And so I'm gonna invite you to stand this morning as we read from Matthew's gospel in chapter two, beginning with verse one through verse 12. Invite your, I invite you to just Take in this story for the first time or again with with a fresh perspective. Let your imagination just kind of wander here as we read. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and we have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they heard the king, they went on their way and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. 
On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. Are you thankful this morning? Thanks be to God. You may be seated. So we've talked a little bit this morning about paying attention. And so I just wonder, I want to invite you to reflect this morning. How good are you at paying attention? And I'm not talking about attention spans here, okay? Because some of us don't have very large attention spans. And I think we understand that collectively as a society, our attention spans are shrinking every day as we are subjected to more and more, uh, you know, media and, and social media and just technology and all the things that beg for our attention. We understand our attention spans might be shrinking as, as a people, as a society, but I'm not necessarily talking about attention span. I'm talking about how are you at paying attention, looking for or noticing the details, looking for the signs, watching and waiting for movement, listening, opening yourself up to God as you search for direction. You know, I said our attention spans may not be great and they're getting worse all the time, but this definitely requires us to slow down long enough to pay attention. So there is kind of that going on there too. That sometimes in order to properly pay attention to what is going on around us, we have to slow down and we have to notice and really pay attention to what's going on around us. The reason I asked that question is because as I was Put it, placing myself in the story once again, because this is challenging to preach on a text that's been preached every year at this time, and everyone knows this story, everyone's familiar with the story, and it's really easy to just come to the story with so many assumptions, but this week, because God is, is faithful in his word, is living, and it always ministers, no matter how many times you've read it, this week I was captivated by a new detail that I hadn't really noticed before. And that is that the Magi were paying attention. They had to have been paying attention. And I understand like that's implied, right? Because they are astrologers. They're studying the stars. It's it's pretty implied that astrologers have to pay attention. I know nothing about astrology. I have no experience studying the stars for more than five seconds with my naked eye, but I'm just like thinking about the fact that yes, they were paying attention to the stars, but they were paying attention from a different perspective because they were looking for a sign from God. They were looking for a very particular sign. They were they had obviously done some studying at some point, some reading of holy scriptures, and they've understood that someone is coming and here's what the scriptures say about where he is coming from, what he'll be like, how he will rule, and that has captivated their attention. And so they're opening themselves up to this God that they assumedly don't know, and they are paying attention to this sign that's going to direct them to God. And so, yes, it's implied that astrologers pay attention, but from a different kind of perspective. You see what I'm saying? They were paying attention. 
they're paying attention not only as they see what they're looking for in the sky, and so they start out on their journey, but I notice that as, they, as the story goes on, they are paying attention even as they get closer to Jesus, maybe even more so, right? They are, they're asking questions. They are continuing to look for him. They ask people, where might we find this baby that has been born, this king of the Jews? And then we, as the story goes on, we read that, that they're sought out by King Herod because now King Herod is also paying attention in a very particular kind of way, right? His attention is awakened as he hears about this news and he gathers together some religious leaders, religious scholars, the priests of this day, and he's bringing them together and he's like, tell me all the things, tell me what you know, what is this about this baby being born, this king of the Jews? Tell me everything I need to know about him because it sounds like I need to know what's going on here. This sounds important. And so of course, as the story tells, like King Herod's power and authority is threatened by this child, by the birth of this child, who, as the prophet Micah says, will be a ruler. Out of of Bethlehem will come a ruler over Israel. And so King Herod is threatened. And so he, he, of course, as you know, draws in the Magi and he says, yes, please go continue to find this child. You've clearly been given spiritual direction. Find him. Let me know where he is so that I too may go and worship him, right? But the Magi had to have been paying attention here too, because I wonder how obvious was it to them that this king, like something was off, right? Like as they are engaging with King Herod, I mean, he's king. He is a king that he has been placed here by the Romans and he's got authority and power and and that's usually captivating, right? And the Magi are in his presence and I just wonder like, did they know? Were they aware that something wasn't right here, that yes, this is a king, but this is not the king we're looking for. In fact, the king we're looking for looks nothing like this king. Like, I just wonder, did they know? Was it obvious? Did it, did it not sit right with them? And as they are paying attention, they're warned in a dream. That doesn't happen until a little bit later. They're, they're warned in a dream not to go back. And, and again, you have to be paying attention. And I wonder about this too. I had a lot of questions this week because I'm like, did one of them have this dream? Did they all collectively dream the same dream? Did one of them dream and then shared it with the others? But regardless of how it actually happened again, they had to be paying attention. God was revealing something to them. God was, was waking them up to what I think they probably already started to pick up on, that something's off. This king is not at all the kind of king that we're looking for, right? This is not the king that's going to usher in the kingdom of God. This king, referring to King Herod, is under the power and principalities of the world. And so they're paying attention when God says, you need to go a different route, Like, do not be swayed and wooed by this king. This is not the king that is ushering in the kingdom of God. You need to go a different route. This isn't the one you're looking for. The Magi are paying attention. They were paying attention up until the moment they arrived. I love how the message puts these verses. He says, they could hardly contain themselves right? The NIV said overjoyed. They could hardly contain themselves. They were in the right place and they arrived at the right time. And I love that because that 
shows that they were paying attention. They were paying attention and it led them to Jesus. How much, like I I was really thinking about it this week and and keep in mind, like these are not religious uh, scholars. These are not uh, traditional priests of, of Yahweh. These are not people of God. These are not Jewish people. Like these are outsiders, uh, by, by our definition, these are outsiders. And I just wonder, how much do you have to be paying attention? How in tune with God must you be to arrive at the right place at the right time, having no knowledge of exactly what is happening? Right? Like having, not having been raised with this kind of knowledge. Like how much do you have to be paying attention to show up to the humble home of a tired mother Like, I have to believe that Mary, even with the baby Jesus, was like, I'm so tired. (laughs) He just cried. We watched a movie last night, and and it was kind of this running joke that that, that this couple had a child, and every time the child was in the picture, in the movie, in the screen, he was screaming his head off and crying. And then they have another child, and he does the same thing. And so it's just reminding me of that. Like, I have to believe that Mary is tired and weary, and Joseph is is humble and also tired, and, and they're probably staying in someone's spare bedroom because they're still not at home, right? And the Magi show up and they're like, yep, this is it. This is it. (laughs) We're in the right place. Like, what? (laughs) How much do you have to be paying attention to show up to something similar to that and be like, we came, we arrived. I feel like I would have been like, wait a minute. Nope, this ain't it. Like, do you have neighbors nearby that also have a baby born around this time? Like, maybe we took a wrong turn. Maybe we're at the wrong door. How much do you have to be paying attention to arrive on this scene and say, yes, we've arrived. Here he is. Like how much do you have to be paying attention to God to not be weighed uh, or wooed and swayed by the principalities and powers of the world that seek to entice us, that seek to, that seek to flaunt all their wealth and power and they promise prosperity and, and all of these things. And you notice like, nope, this isn't right. This is not the right place. But then you show up to a humble home with a young, tired mother and father and a possibly screaming baby, and you realize this is, this is it. This is where he is. How much do you have to be paying attention? That's right. I couldn't help but think, like, if this were to happen today, I don't love putting what happened then in today's context exactly, but I just can't help but place myself there and wonder, like, if this happened today, how easy would it be to miss it? Like, how easy would it be to miss the way that Jesus came into this world? It would be so easy. I mean, Mary and Joseph, they had to flee from their home. They had nothing. They had no wealth. They had no notability. They, they were not notable people. They, they were not impressive people. They, they came from, from humble backgrounds. There was nothing that, that would strike anyone that like this is people that you need to be paying attention to. I think we would easily miss it. I, maybe I shouldn't speak for all of us. I think I could easily miss it. I think if I were to look at people who represent or reflect Mary and Joseph, 
I might look at them and say, nope, that's not where the kingdom of God is coming in. What are they even doing here? Why are they here? Like, what, what is even happening here? Why are they claiming this or that? Like, who are they to claim these things? How does this even work? I think there, we would have a lot of questions, and I think we could easily miss it. I think we, maybe I'll be brave and speak for all of us, I think we are often distracted by the powers and principalities. We're distracted by by this false sense of provision and power that looks and feels really safe and secure, but is actually not at all. It could crumble at any moment. I think that we are easily distracted by the things that this world offers as Nikki said, like we, I don't even think we intentionally do it and it doesn't come with evil intent, but we so easily get distracted and we're wandering and it's so easy to miss what God is doing. And I would say even more so, it's even easier to miss the humble ways that the kingdom of God is breaking in and through. It's really easy to miss if we aren't paying attention. You know what else I wrestled with this week? As I was preparing the message, I thought, man, it's really tricky and interesting that Epiphany Sunday falls on the first Sunday of the year. Because I am really tempted by preaching like a really feel-good message at the beginning of the year. Like I was, I found myself this week kind of thinking like, man, it'd be really great if I could find a message to preach that, that communicates something like, new year, new you, because that sounds a lot more exciting, right? Or like prayer for a prosperous and blessed new year or five ways to start the new year right. Like that's kind of the message that I wanted to preach today because that just feels right. I mean, am I wrong? That this is the message I'm seeing everywhere right now. This is the message that's constantly in my headlines and news feeds as I pull up my phone, Right As I open up various apps, like the, these developers and these content creators are curating the perfect message that's like, this can be your best year yet. New year, new you. Do these five things and you will be off to a great start this year. And I thought, that sounds really refreshing and maybe that would captivate people's attention. <laughs> these are tempting messages. And to be clear, these are not bad messages. Okay, to be clear, like I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with these messages. But the reason that I, I mean, captivated by Epiphany anyways, but the reason that I also couldn't go down that path and try to curate this really exciting, refreshing, new year, new you type of message is because in this context, I don't think it works. And when I say in this context, I mean with us, the people of God, because those messages, fine and well as they may be, like having goals and and a vision and a word or a, a, a New Year's resolution, these are all fine things, but they are so often made for the individual. And it's how can I make my life better? What can I do to improve my life, my health, my this, my that? And that's fine. Not saying there's anything wrong with it, but I'm more interested in what is God saying to us? How is God captivating 
our attention? What is God calling us to do? Where is God calling us to go? And I am much more compelled by these questions than what's going to make my life better and everyone else can figure it out for themselves. I'll, I'll share the article with them and it'll show up in their news feeds. I am much more interested in what God is calling us to do and how God is challenging us. Because friends, the kingdom of God is not made up of individual persons. It's a people. We are not on our own individual journeys. We kind of are, but, but that's not the point. We are journeying together. We are seeking to follow Jesus more faithfully. We are seeking to model our lives after Jesus. And yes, that does imply personal decisions and choices. Like I have to make choices and decisions that keep me rooted and grounded in the truth and love of Christ. Certainly, please don't mishear me. But we together are journeying and following Jesus. We are seeking to more faithfully look like him, even if it's challenging and difficult and requires difficult things of us. Oh, new year, new you just sounds so much better. It's not the exciting prosperity message that you may have been hoping for this year. Instead, I'm just asking you to pay more attention. I think God is inviting us to pay more attention. That regardless of the peculiar signs that you see, like the things that you see that you're like, I don't know about it, or regardless of the things that you're looking for and you haven't yet seen, God is doing something new and something good. Like regardless of of what has happened or what hasn't happened yet, new life is here. God is here. God is breaking in. God is breaking through, and he's inviting us to pay attention. Are we? That's what I feel compelled to challenge us with on this Sunday. See, this word epiphany, we're getting there. We're almost there. Hang with me. This word epiphany, you you likely know what the word epiphany means, like you have an epiphany. It's really great to have an epiphany. I I really love it, those rare times that it happens, you know, I'm like, yes, I got it. (laughs) It doesn't happen all that often. I guess that's what makes it so great. But an epiphany is this moment of sudden discovery or, or sudden realization, like you found it, you've got it, you've discovered it. And the birth of Christ, the birth of the king in this story is being discovered. It's being discovered by these pagan astrologers who study the stars. They are discovering and realizing that God is breaking in and through, and this is how God is doing that, through this child. And you know, so many people missed it. So many people missed it. They were threatened by it. Few were paying attention. Are we? Before we wrap up, there's one more passage that I could have shared today on Epiphany Sunday. And I wanted to read it because I think it is a helpful reminder of the upside down ways. We use that phrase a lot around here. The upside down ways that the kingdom of God is breaking in and through. And what I mean by that is unexpected, right? It happens in a way that you least expect. And yet at the same time, it shouldn't be so unexpected because there's psalms and prophecies that that point to this is how it's going to happen, right? It's kind of implied. It, It shouldn't have been easily missed, but it 
oh, was it? <laughs> and, and Psalm 72 is a passage that, that we can read on Epiphany Sunday. And what I also found interesting about Psalm 72 is that it's this song that, that could have perhaps, like I think there's strong uh, support for the fact that this is a song that was uh, prepared, put together to be sung at Solomon's, King Solomon's coronation. Okay, so coronation day. And this is a song that perhaps was sung for his coronation. And it's like this reminder that Israel has, has not very often uh, ruled the kingdom of God in the ways that God would rule the kingdom of God, right? That oftentimes Israel took her cues from neighboring nations. Like this is how they ruled and this is how we want to rule, even though God is breaking in in ways that do not match how neighboring nations rule. Right? And so that's what makes this psalm so interesting because it's so opposite of how kings often led the nation of Israel. And I want you to hear these words as I read them and think about the, the, um, the irony of, of how kings of Israel ruled and led and how Jesus broke in to rule and lead. It says, Endow the king with your justice, O God, the royal son with your righteousness. May he judge your people in righteousness, your afflicted ones with justice. May the mountains bring prosperity to the people. Oh, prosperity, there it is. We got it. The hills, the fruit of righteousness. May he defend the afflicted among the people and save the children of the needy. May he crush the oppressor. May he endure as long as the sun, as long as the moon through all generations. May he be like rain falling on a mown field, like showers watering the earth. In his days, may the righteous flourish and prosperity abound till the moon is no more. May he rule from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. May the desert tribes bow before him and his enemies lick the dust. May the kings of Tarshish and of distant shores bring tributes to him. May the kings of Sheba and Seba present him with gifts. May all kings bow down to him and all nations serve him. For he will deliver the needy who cry out, the afflicted who have no one to help. He will take pity on the weak and the needy and save the needy from death. He will rescue them from oppression and violence for precious is their blood in his sight. Long may he live. May gold from Sheba be given him. May people ever pray for him and bless him all day long. May grain abound throughout the land on the tops of the hills. May it sway. May the crops flourish like Lebanon and thrive like the grass of the field. May his name endure forever. May it continue as long as the sun. Then all nations will be blessed through him and they will call him blessed. Praise be to the Lord God, the God of Israel, who alone does marvelous deeds. Praise be to his glorious name forever. May the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and amen. And I really appreciate how scholar David Thompson said this about this passage. He says, in the New Testament, these hyperboles have become reality. This is the way it should have always been. And now because of Christ, because of God incarnate, this is how it will be. The unending reign of the Son of God, Israel's Messiah, has begun. 
that it will never end is the promise of God to all who believe. And having conquered sin and death, he now sits at the right hand of the Father. What once was hyperbole has become saving reality in this baby, this Jesus of Nazareth. We'll come back to that in a moment. I'm gonna invite, I think it's just Kevin, right? I'm gonna invite Kevin to come. He's gonna play as we prepare to transition to receiving communion in just a moment. But before we fully transition into that moment, I wanna just say again, see if I can bring this home this morning. The Magi wanted to know God. They wanted to know God so badly They were so curious about this God and what he was doing that they were willing to move from observation to participation in this pursuit of knowing. And I really appreciate how they did that with no concrete promise as to how it would turn out. Like they don't have years of history with God to know like he's always faithful, right? They're kind of spectators and they're, taking this journey and really there's no guarantee as to how it's gonna turn out. There's no, nothing concrete there that says this is what you can be assured that's gonna happen. They just take this massive leap of faith and they say, let's go find out. And as we enter into this new year, I just wonder, are we paying attention? Are we willing to pay attention? And if we're gonna ask hard questions, challenging questions, New Year's types of questions, if you will, the questions that I am presenting that, that ought to be asked are, what are we going to be about this year? What's gonna define us, us, the people of God? What will we be known for? I wanna invite you to to pray with me and to dream with me, not just today, but going into the coming days and weeks. What is God calling us to be about? Are we gonna be paying attention when he reveals that to us, when he presents moments of opportunity to participate in what he's doing, what he's already doing? This year, listen, I hate to be the one to tell you this, It's an election year, so lots of opportunities for us to be swayed and distracted, right? I hate to bring it up. I'm sorry. If you're offended about that, I'm sorry. It's reality. It's not going to be overly pleasant, I'm afraid. Are we going to be paying attention to what God is doing and what God is promising and what God is saying? Or are we going to be swayed by the powers and principalities who offer false promise? Are we gonna be paying attention if God calls us to go a different route? Will we know? Will we miss it? Would you pray with me? God, my heart is so heavy and anxious as we begin this new year to be noticing and to be paying attention to you. And I'm, I'm grateful and blessed this morning that this message doesn't appear to be given by accident. 
I fully believe, God, that this is the message for, for us, your people. That this is what you want us to be thinking about as we enter into this new year. And whatever personal goals or resolutions that we, we may be seeking, that's all fine and well, and that is so great, and it can be so healthy. But I pray that even more so, that, that we would be even more concerned than we are with our own individual lives and our own individual selves. I pray, God, through your active, living, breathing Holy Spirit, that we would be even more concerned, even more fixated and focused on what you are doing, how you are breaking in, how you are inviting us to participate, how you are calling us to step up and to step out, how you are calling us and challenging us and compelling us to get in, to get our hands dirty, to not sit on the sidelines and merely observe, but to be participants, to be fully and and completely engaged and committed into this journey, into this life as we partner together, as we seek you, as we faithfully follow you. God, I pray that that is what is first and foremost on our hearts and in our minds on this day. God, I'm afraid that my giftings fall short and that I cannot make us do these things. I can't preach a good enough sermon that that is so fantastic and wonderful that it moves us to just want to do these things. And I thank you, God, that I'm not. Because it's a reminder that we look to you, that only you can do this. Only you can bring about the transformation that we need in our hearts to make this our resolve. Only you can be the one who moves in such a compelling and captivating, even if it's in a humble, almost unnoticeable kind of way that moves us to want to faithfully follow you and pay attention this year. And so I invite you to do that very thing, God. If we are open, if we are willing, if we are paying attention, I pray, God, that you would move in such a way that we can't help but follow, that we can't help but jump in and participate in what you are doing. Even if it comes in unexpected ways, even if it's through unexpected people, we look to you. And we trust in your sovereignty, in your provision, in your goodness, in your faithfulness. And may yours and yours alone, may your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And may it start with you, but move in and through us. And we pray this in the name of King Jesus who reigns. Amen. That's my prayer this new year. I'm going to invite Bo to come, and we're going to prepare to receive communion. And I want to read this. Kevin, you can go ahead and play if you'd like. And I want to go ahead and read this quote from William Thompson that I read again earlier. As we, This is appropriate for communion. He says, in the New Testament, these hyperboles, all of these, oh, may this king do this, oh, may this king do that, All of these things have become realities. 
and the unending reign of the Son of God has begun. Friends, it's begun, it's here, it's now. And when we are invited to receive communion together, it's a reminder, tangible reminders, reminders that you can touch and feel and hold that the kingdom of God is here, that the kingdom of God is now, that Christ has laid down his life so that we may find true life in him. And so that's what you are invited to reflect upon as we prepare to receive communion. I pray that you would come with your hearts open. I pray that you would talk to the Holy Spirit in these moments and that you would be open and paying attention to what he says to you. May you come with a reverence. May you come with an appreciation of Christ who has laid down his life so that we might be willing to find, so that we might be able to find life in him and that we might lay our our life down for others. So in just a moment, you are going to be dismissed. Your rows are gonna be dismissed and you're gonna be invited to come and receive. And I wanna invite you to hold on to your elements until we are all uh, seated once again and we will receive together. And I also wanna let you know that we do have gluten-free options available if you're needing that, that have been prepared separately and carefully. And we've got those here. If you'll just let one of us know that that's what you're needing, we'll get that for you. At this time, if you are unable to come forward, I wanna invite you to raise your hand so that I can bring the elements to you.
Heavenly Father, we thank you for these gifts. We thank you, God, for what these gifts represent. We thank you for this bread and this cup, tangible reminders of you, Jesus, and your love for us, and the blood of the new covenant that offers us full forgiveness of sins and new life found in you. May you bless this bread and this cup to our bodies, and may you use our bodies to be a blessing to the world around us. Fill us, O oh God, with more of you. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. On the night that our Lord was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it and he gave it to his disciples and he said, this is my body given for you. Take and eat in remembrance of me. So friends, take, eat, and be thankful. And in the same way after supper, he took the cup and he said, this is the blood of the new covenant that is given for forgiveness of sins. Take and drink in remembrance of me. And so friends, may you take and drink and be thankful. I'm gonna invite you to stand and sing with us the doxology. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above the heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. may you go in the grace and peace and light and love of our Lord and Savior. May you go and may you be aware. May you be paying attention to the ways that God is already moving in your midst. May you go and help others to be pointed to God so that they would be paying attention to how God is making their life new here and now. May we go together and remember that we don't journey alone. You are dismissed. Have a wonderful day. If you're able to stick around and help us take down our Christmas decorations, we will be so grateful. Thank you.